I, as a black person, have to constantly be forgiving, forgetting, moving on. And the same thing happens over and over and over and over and over again. Before I introduce you to our guests, please subscribe to our podcast on the platform you listen to. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Vimbai Mutimba and Nomsa Ngozi. They are two Southern African ladies currently studying and working in Germany. Let me ask you a question. Have you been called coconut? We had a heartfelt, open, honest conversation about their journey and responses to being called coconut and racism. We talked about their growing conviction to move away from forgive and forget, to telling these stories to bring understanding and change for others experiencing similar challenges. Caleb and I invite you to continue listening to this very important conversation. We are so excited. This is our episode 11. And wow, Caleb, we are here. Thank you for joining us today again. Absolutely. No, it's a joy. Yes, and then I want to say thank you so much, Nomsa and Vambai, for joining us today on this episode. I saw in the preparation notes that some of you used your full names, so I'd love it if each one of you can introduce yourself, just saying your full name and surname and where you're from and where you're talking or where you're joining us from today. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for having me. Um... My name is Bimbai Nasha Grace Mutimba, and I'm from Zimbabwe, um, tuning in from Germany right now. Yay. Thank you, Bimbai. Thank you, Louise, for having me on. I am Nomsang Ngozi from South Africa, but I'm joining in from Germany. Yeah, so I thought I would love to invite you two to come together on the podcast because there's a few similarities that I see between you and your stories. And maybe this is where the similarities end after I introduce that. But yeah, so the first, like you said, is you both are from Africa. The second thing is that you once called Worcester home in South Africa, because that's where I met both of you. You are both quite short people with bubbly personalities. <laughs> and you now both live in Germany. And you're both students in hospitality. Is there something else I left out? I think they both have awesome style. They probably have great style. <laughs> yeah, so I know you guys have met some years ago, but it's probably been years since you talked. But thank you so much for coming on this uh, episode. So, Mamai, I'm going to start with you. Can you share a little bit about your people and your nation and what are some key moments for you growing up that really shaped who you became and has become Marcus on your journey for where you are right now? Okay, um, I'll try and keep that short because that sounds very packed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from Zimbabwe, as I've said. I'm from Wulawayo, to be specific. I think... What really sticks out to me about Zimbabwean people is our tenacity and um, the value that we have for education. I think growing up, there was the one thing that really um, stood out to me about the way I grew up. Because um, I remember hearing in the news of other countries about um, exams or something that people were asking um, for lower, 
like for the standard to be lowered so that more people can reach the standard. And I thought that's absurd because um, where we are, if you don't have good marks, then you just work even harder. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think growing up where education is such a big value, I realize um, that has impacted me now as an adult as well, that regardless what I'm doing, even if people around me think, oh, this is just an easy test. I find myself study, studying really hard for it. So. Mumbai, I spent a bit of time in, did you say Bulawayo? Bul, Bulawayo? That's where you're from? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for yeah, me to say. Bulawayo. <laughs> Bulawayo. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, my word. Uh, Luis, I think you were with us when we went there. But um, I, I was telling, uh, telling her before, that uh, my time there was phenomenal. The people um, in Zimbabwe remind me so much of the people in Kenya. And I think something that I, I want to say, and I know we'll hear more about your story. I don't know many people from Zimbabwe, but all the people that I have known are just such incredible thinkers. And it's uh, I think that's one of the greatest gifts of that nation. There's just such smart people. So... I think it's really awesome to have Mumbai on here and, and being from such a powerful nation. Uh, so we're just excited to hear so much more of what you got to share. Thank you, Caleb. So Nomsa, can you share with us for you what similar question of how, what was the things that marked you in your growing up years? I mean, I met you among uh, the colored kids in Worcester, but there's a bit more to your story, hey? Yeah, most definitely. <clears throat> I think for me personally, growing up, Okay, so just to set things a bit straight, I am closer, also my mom is closer and my dad is closer. But for some reason, we also had a mixture of colors within my family. And I think that was always something beautiful because it brought so much diversity within my own family. And obviously growing up, I met the most... Um, beautiful lady in my life which I call my mom now mom now which is Britta and she's German so I think mm -hmm. I think just um being able to say that I've be, I've experienced so much diversity not only in my own country but also in my own personal life as a person because um growing up closer and Afrikaans and I also went to um was the gymnasium which was um, mostly um, English and also Afrikaans and I think with that being able to go out in the world has changed and has impacted my way of perceiving things in a very different way to say so. Yeah I mean I, I remember the day I met you very clearly <laughs> It was my first day at the kibbutz in Worcester. <laughs> um, it was a bit of a culture shock for me as well that day, just to come from from Cape Town to to come to the kibbutz. Yeah, I, it was a very clear day, but one day that I do remember, it's just the brightness in your eyes and your smile. <laughs> and I know that's been something that's been lighting up many other people's uh people around wherever you've been going yeah so the aim with this podcast today is really to help people who've made the move to another country and I think some people really struggle with their identity issues in the process and 
Yeah, so I'm curious about what was the journey like for you going to Germany and what are some of the struggles that you guys had to go through or still facing right now? I think for me personally, coming to Germany on its own was, um, how do I say, it was challenging. However, it wasn't challenging in a sense where I would say it was involving a lot of racism and not being seen but it was just challenging in terms of paperwork in general um i never had a sense that it was um involving racism like i said however i think being on this side and facing a lot of day-to-day situation situations is is quite eye-opening because like i said i grew up with a lot of mixed um, cultures but the theme or the topic itself, racism, was never something that I placed my energy into or something that I um, would sit down and, and, and think about in, in that sense. Because now, being in Germany, I also have a few friends that, are, that grew up in Germany or that were born in Germany but are not fully Germans. Like, I have a friend from... Ethiopia. She was. She grew up here, and I have a friend from Morocco. She was born here, in fact, but they still get to face a lot of um, a lot of racist comments, and and just hearing their stories breaks my heart so much because they didn't get to choose to be born here, but the fact that they are still born here and still face a lot of racism breaks my heart because I'm like, you should actually feel home when you are here. And for me specifically and personally, I would say I I have had situations, for instance, at work where I maybe didn't understand a guest asking for something specific and just by saying pardon or asking again, they then directly assume that I can't speak it, first of all, and I don't understand it. And then they get this um, attitude. And and I wouldn't say that it triggers me because I'm taking it personally, but it triggers me to see and to experience how small-minded people can actually be towards these things. And... Um, and and sometimes it's 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 really heartbreaking because then I, I get to think even more about my friends because um, for me only being three years here I allow myself to to make mistakes when I when I communicate I allow myself to to have grace for myself when I don't understand something and when I don't um, articulate myself properly um, because. At the end of the day, German is one of the most difficult languages. Um, Mm. And I think people um, sometimes don't get to understand that. But I think the other side of the beauty is that whenever I tell people that I've been here for about three years, they're like, oh, my goodness, um, how did you get to learn? And and it's like I, I try to take the positivity and balance the negativity that comes with it. Because at the end of the day, I think once... um one get to balance those two, the positive and the negative, you, I don't know, you get to make your way through the day because I think if, um, if I wouldn't do that, I would have breakdowns every night because of the way things are. 
um, but like I said, it's it's very challenging to and heartbreaking actually to just see how small-minded people are because at the end of the day, it's for everyone to to be educated. It's for everyone to to get educated about these things. But um, but I think once one is also not surrounded by people of color, they don't necessarily have the access to that. But I mean, we also have, um, I don't know, a lot of books that are specifically now, through, I feel like the last two, three years, there has been a lot of books that actually came out, especially um, around the team of racism. So yeah, I would say okay. it's challenging. It's, um, but the more I realize that it's sometimes not the, it's not, it's not even the people sometimes, it's just the lack of understanding and the lack of knowledge. So it would yeah. be, it would be really, really um, helpful for people to just um, read more, I would say, and, and, li and listen more. Yeah, I think. For me, that is why we do this, so that people can hear people's stories from a different yeah. point of view. Nomsa, I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I are similar in some of these things where we've both been brought up by, you could say, a white mom. I want to ask you, um, as I was adopted, and that's I will tell people, you know, other than salvation for me, has been the greatest gift. How is that? How's that been for you growing up? So if you grew up in Booster or whatnot, did people kind of give you the stink guy because they saw that you had more privilege or something just because you had uh let's say a white family to go back to even if you guys were weren't rolling in money but still how people perceived it because a lot of times as we know people can perceive white as wealth um so i just want to ask yeah how did you um get get along with that because that's a very real thing yeah it's it's in fact very real i think for me personally okay so in the in the beginning of my journey which was i would say 2010 because that's when i got to know my mom and um but i think when it happened officially was 2014 um and i think for me personally the biggest thing that I was always fighting was to celebrate her and embrace her for who she was. And because I think I always, I was always scared for um, showing affection and love in public because I was being scared to be judged. Um, and that is something that I really struggled with because of my personality. Because I'm like, if I really like something, and I, if I really like someone, I'll, I want to be there for the person. But I always felt like I needed to um, to step back because it was um, not completely accepted and people had no understanding for it. And I think one of the biggest things that really used to break my heart over and over again is when people called me coconut. Um, mm. and, um, and I think people actually don't take it so serious, but I think when you tell a person that they are coconut over and over, I think this, yeah. this word itself has been used in such a negative way that you don't want to hear it as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and I think one of the other things was 
<laughs> it was always so funny. At school, when I used to have my lunchbox and I would take it out, and obviously I wouldn't have Sasko bread, which was the normal bread that was eaten. I would have mm. maybe um, bread um, with corn or something. And then people would be like, oh my goodness, why are you being so healthy? And, wow. and I would be like, it's just bread. Um, yeah. But obviously, as a child, you don't, you, as a child, I never, I never understood. And as a child, there were days where I didn't want to eat my bread. And I would go buy a packet of chips instead of eating my bread, um, which was quite sad. And now looking back, it's like, I really hope that, I, I think, and I think the other thing is school kids are so cruel um, without knowing it because they are in this, um, in this bubble of wanting to voice certain things, but mm -hmm. what they are voicing is in most cases very painful. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say now that I'm grown, I am so grateful for, for Grace because I think one of the biggest things that, um, that I've learned throughout the journey is that I need to to embrace and appreciate everything that I am and everything that I have, because at the end of the day, I feel like no one really knows what they're doing and what they're saying at times. So what if I hold back on something that people don't even have a notion about? Um, and I'm very sure that the people that was I was surrounded with never, never actually knew that it was hurting the words mm. they, they, that they said, yeah. because as a child, I, I, I never had the guts or the, the braveness to actually say something because then I would just laugh about it too. Because I was like, if I laugh with them, they might stop. But that mm. was actually the opposite. Laughing with them gave them the freedom to continue. Mm. Um, and I think that is um, something that I, I, I came to understand that laughing with people does not make them stop. Laughing with people gives them freedom to continue yeah. because you're showing them, you're showing them that it's okay um, instead of sitting them down and saying, hey, I really don't appreciate mm -hmm. it. And I think that was something that I used to fear saying my opinion and being rejected or being left alone. So that's yes. why, um, I, I don't know, it, it was always challenging and and um not nice and i have heard you not even though i have to hear it in my ears <laughs> is there some things you want to add or share about your journey yeah i was just um nodding <laughs> as you said <laughs> um uh, what nomsa said about being a coconut or being called a coconut um because that's a term that I've been called as well before I came to Germany um, when I was in South Africa. That was something that used to hurt me a lot, actually, um, because I felt like people didn't really understand um, who I am and what I stand for or what I'm about. And just saying, oh, yeah, white on the inside and black on the outside. And um, just thinking about that, I mean, Zimbabwe is a British colony. English is the national language or uh, the office language or whatever it's called. And I had, okay, so if somebody would just call me a coconut, that's hurtful because they don't know what 
is behind that. Like, why do I sound the way I do? Okay, people would also say, oh, you're so articulate. I'm like, yeah, of course, I've spent so much time learning English. <laughs> I've learned mm. it since I was a, a, a child, you know? So it's not like it's something that just came all of a sudden. Um, it's something that took time. But also with that, there's a story behind it because I had the privilege to go to, to, go to a private school but my living situation was something totally different. Um, I tell this story to my mom, like, mom, do you remember that whenever it rained, would always run into the house to look for all the places where the um, asbestos roof would drip and then would put buckets and plates and whatever. But the next day I'm going to a private school. So in my story, I see that there was God's grace and his provision. Um, and then this tension of being, okay, I know where I come from. I know I don't have the newest things um, in town. I'm not very fashionable, even though in my heart, I would love to to wear really nice clothes and all those things. Um, a few years later, somebody just starts calling me a coconut. Oh, you're so white. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I come from a place where I had to learn how to pronounce English words the right way, in quotation marks. And yeah, that's not the end of the story, you know. It, ladies, that's it's it's so real because you know uh, I, I like something that was said earlier. I think Nomsa, you said it, and Vimbai, you were echoing it. Is when people don't have an understanding or a knowledge of something, they make their own definition. And, and to us, it's just complete arrogance, you know? And so it really is a thing. People who don't have any form of understanding, they, they just go along with it and they make it a reality. Um, I know for me that, that, ex yeah, that expression that being a coconut, very true. Um, that that's for me. And, you know, I don't speak, Swahili the way I wish I could speak it and that was a healing journey that I've had to be on because I'm like I don't even know my whole like my own language and yet you know so so it's been such a humble journey um I would want to ask and I'm, I'm honestly I'm learning so much right now I want to ask you ladies as incredible African women um how have you responded in Germany or before you even got to Germany, like, and as of recently, in the recent years, when someone may be calling you these names or, or this, like, is your response? Yeah, I just, I just want to know, because I know that this is such a real thing. And it's so easy to want to respond in like a lot of hatred. Um, but I'm just wondering if there's been some techniques that you guys have found that's worked for you. Um, I think in Germany because it's a different culture and a different language it's been quite different um I lived in a village for five years and only recently do I, did I move to a big city so in the village I mean okay I came to Germany as a missionary mm. and in Christian circles you know people like to say forgive and forget or don't mm. take it personally or stuff Go like there, this come on. Yeah. and then 
I recognize that, okay, me as a person of color, okay. <laughs> okay, this is going to be uh, interesting. Okay, so I, as a black person, I have to constantly be forgiving, forgetting, moving on. And the same thing happens over and over and over and over and over again, or not take things personally. But in studying the word of God, and seeing the heart of God about such issues like, okay, you should embrace the foreigner, you should take care of the widow and um, the one who doesn't have parents, you know, um, I realized that the heart of God is not just, okay, just don't take it personally. Actually, I would go on to say it is, the heart of God is take it personally so that it means something to you so that you can do something and make a change. Because... For example, in the village, um, sometimes we'd just be uh, sitting on the stoop. <laughs> What's it called? On the stairs <laughs> on the where you go. We're international here, baby. We're international. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then somebody just rides by and says, um, Black people are, and then goes on to say the S word. I'm like, yeah. um, bro, okay, you are obviously a coward for saying this and moving away because, okay, you know we're not going to run after you and say something back to you. But mm. these are hurtful things. And then when you share it with somebody, like, okay, this hurt me, somebody who's not black, and then they tell you don't take it personally, that's not yeah. very comfortable because these things are not just things that are once off. It's things that mm. happen all the time but then in the understanding in the village it was like okay that's just somebody passing by but in the city these things also happen and then I'm like okay at some point I was like okay I forgive I forget I forgive I forget but now I'm at the point where I'm like okay I need to take this personally because as a Mm. short person like I look like a child honestly I'm 29 but I look like I'm 15 but Mm. Um, people usually don't target kids, but when I see how other people of my color are treated, like especially men, people who haven't done anything to deserve that, it really breaks my heart because it's not mm. fair. And so if I continue saying, okay, um, I shouldn't take it personally, then I never do something or I never incite other people to do something, other people who are in a position to do something about it, you know? And so... Mm. That's one thing that I learned, like, okay, most of these situations where people are treated in a racist, unfair manner, mm. it's not a once-off thing. It's a problem in the society and we need to address it together, you know, and not just, okay, it doesn't concern me, so I'm not. I'm just going to look aside. Um, wow. Yeah. Vimbai, that's... That's that's phenomenal what you just shared. Wow. Wow. What about you, Nomsa? Yeah, I think I can um, only echo on what Vimbai said. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's like it's like when I share things with um, people that are not like one one situation that I had and I was so shattered because I think for me it's because I trusted this person or I trust the person 
but the response was not something that I um, expected. And I think sometimes <laughs> the response of other people hurts more than the actual situation. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Because um, it was a situation that happened in a wor at work. A customer didn't want to be served by me. And, um, and I shared it with um, this person. And then she said to me, no, but I'm sure that they didn't mean it that way. And I think to me that shattered me in pieces because I was like, what do you mean by that? Because clearly, clearly if someone doesn't want to be served by you, what else do you want to um, perceive from the whole situation apart from them being racist? Um, yeah. and, and especially when you don't have a reason. Like if you, if you tell me and say, hey, Nomsa, I don't want to be served by you because of A and B and C, I understand. But if you tell me that you don't want to be served by me and not have a reason behind it, obviously I'm going to make up my own conclusion, conclusions in my head. And as a black person, the only conclusions that I can go to from a white person to a black person is racism. Um, and I think people don't get to understand that. And also um, the same thing with having my hair out um, when I have my hair out and then standing in, in the grocery shop in the line having on my way to pay and then people are like, hey, can I touch your hair? But they oh, have already yeah. touched it. <laughs> and they, they have already touched it. And I'm like, no, it's actually not okay. And yeah. a, a, apart from it being white people, I don't like it in general when people like touch my hair. Yeah, and so when it's even frill, people, it messes it up. Yeah, Come exactly. <laughs> and this, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think for me, one of one of the biggest things that I've 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 got to I've learned is is that I shouldn't react immediately. I should think about it because um, sometimes people really okay. Now I'm gonna say it that way. Sometimes mm -hmm. people really don't have an understanding. Yes. So yes. W once they touch it, and I act. And in their eyes, I will be overreacting. But it's because they are not the first person touching my hair for the day. They might be the fifth person touching my hair for the day. Right. So I think that the other thing that you're constantly facing the same situation from different people. So when you act or when you respond, you're always overreacting in their eyes. And I think that's the, the biggest issue. I just want to share two two things. Um, first, Nomsa, thank you so much. Um, a situation that happened has come to my mind that I totally forgot about, but as you both ladies were sharing, I want to share it. But also the other thing is, um, for Nomsa and I, I think an advantage that we have in Mumbai to, to some extreme, uh, to some extent, and us being brought up by a white family member that has done something in our own mind that I don't think we'll ever be able to understand, which is we can know that not every single white person is like this because okay. we have okay. seen it in our lives. We have mm -hmm. seen the love, the nurture, the compassion and care from a white person. And, you know, it's so funny because right now in 2021, in the era that we're living in where it is just crazy, um, we know that there are good, amazing white people out there. I mean, we're just calling it for what it is right now, and I'm going to be blunt about it. 
And I mean, it, it's it's been a wrestle, I know, for me, because it's like all this stuff happens and people have, uh, I've kind of gotten all little arguments here and there, whether it's on the street or whatever, where people are trying to say, oh, this is what racism and this is what all white people are like. But I'm like, I have to stop you there. Because right. let me tell you about a white family that came to this continent to adopt me. When my own people left me, and yet this family stepped in, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's mm-hmm. that thing, like, we have that also uh, other side, which is so beautiful. And uh, Noms, I know you you have that with, with your mom and, and Bombay to an extent of, of knowing amazing people around there. But that response when people say, Oh, like that was what you just shared about uh, you being served. That That is heartbreaking. The last thing I wanted to share, and I totally forgot about this moment, but when I was in Germany, I was walking on the street and I was I was walking to get something and I got I got stopped by these two cops. And and I remember they were just very rude at first and were asking for my ID and I had never up to this point been stopped like this before. Mm-hmm. Never actually had been stopped. And I was like, wait, what, what is happening? And they're just speaking and, and uh, I'm like, what's going on? And thankfully I was with um, our Fijians who were in the British army. And so one of the officers came up and said, he's with me, he's in the army kind of thing. But it that was such a real picture again of just, I was minding my own business, doing nothing, and that already being perceived as a threat. And right. I mean, you ladies know me. Kayla Bannister yeah. always has a cheeky smile. <laughs> I'm like, these homeboys don't know that I'm so cheekily annoying. Like I wouldn't harm a fly, you know? And so it is this this constant thing that we are learning. To, that's why I asked that question, how do you respond? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. as someone that loves Jesus, my response, I want it to be out of love. But I also know that there needs to be an urgency in like fighting for what is right as well. And mm. that's what I really am thankful for Mumbai and Nomsa, the way I think you ladies, you guys understand that. Like it's not all lovey-dovey. No, no. Jesus is of action too. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Caleb. Yo, this is awesome. Yo, this podcast. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, so since I am the, the lady with the white skin in our midst. I, I'll try and respond. <laughs> oh, my best, Louise. <laughs> yeah, you all know me that I'm not really good with the words. Um, oh, but I, no. what I'm trying to do as I'm listening mm. to you is to really try yeah. to listen even deeper because I think sometimes we, we have a sense of what people go through, but you don't really oh. know. And... Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we get enough opportunities to really hear the stories. And I think just you guys sharing it here today and even for the ownership that both of you have been taking for standing up in a sense in Germany and in the situations that you find yourself and just asking for um, wisdom, how to make a difference. I just want to salute and honor you for that. And I pray that God will really lead you and guide you and show you and I just want to say as a white person and even as an Afrikaner, which has really been very much part of what this this is all about and has been in mm-hmm. the history of my own country, I just want to say I'm really sorry that you guys go through that. And I really pray that that there will come a day that it will, that it will not be an issue. 
and I know I, I'm not good with words, but I, I really pray that, that, that it will turn around or that, that you've owned your journey uh, to stand up for other people, that there's a lot of, um, I don't know, grit in it or just to continue in it and um, stand also for fight on behalf of other people. So, yeah, mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing this and keep on sharing your stories because I think that is where the lack is. People don't realize that it's been the fifth person trying to touch your ear this day. <laughs> Those are the kind of things people don't realize and understand always. Thank wow. you so much, Louise, for your response. That means a lot. Thank you. Welcome. Yes, thank you, Louise. We, we, I receive it. And I want to thank you as a black person to a white person for having the heart that you have and for being the person that you have because it's it's people like you that gives us hope and makes us believe that there can be a difference, there can be redemption. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank mm -hmm. you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe we should move it a bit to a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think moving and working cross-culturally, there's always some funny stories of miscommunication about to happen. So I was just wondering, do you guys have any stories like that? And what have you learned out of that? And and do you ladies speak German? Like, I heard you speaking a bit before. Like, are you are you ladies pretty fluent? Or Yeah, a bit. I would say I can make my way around. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? Yes. <laughs> Good. I think Mumbai is at this point where she starts thinks in thinking in German. Is that right? Wow. I have to because I'm studying in German as well. So a lot oh of the things I do, I, I have to think in it. Mm. Um, not that it's not a challenge. It's still <laughs> quite a bit of uh, a challenge. But um, yeah, I definitely have to think in German. <laughs> A wow. lot. <laughs> Have you ladies ever ordered something, like completely butchered it? Like you're at a restaurant or something and you're asking for like a burger and you end up asking for toilet paper or something? I don't know, like with the language. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if those words are similar, but, <laughs> you know, miscommunications. Oh, I would no. say that's a bit extreme. <laughs> yeah, probably but is. No. Uh -huh. <laughs> No, but I would say for me personally, um, I I had um, difficulties in my very first year because then I was staying with a host family and the child didn't understand English or she couldn't speak English in that sense. So our only way of communicating was German and I need I had to help her with her English homework. Oh. So that was that was a roller coaster, <laughs> but I think. <laughs> But I think in general, I really, I think for the first year, whenever I went out, I would always let my friends order for me or people that I was with. <laughs> I was so shy. Um, but yeah, but now I order for myself. So that's good. Look at you. Man, so you're like a full on tour guide. Good so next job. time we go there, you'll be like doing this and that. Come on now. Well, I thank God that I never had uh, such a situation of ordering toilet paper instead of a Yay. burger. Because <laughs> uh, at the beginning, I just spoke in English and hoped that they understood me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, 
That's mad though. Yeah, it is because a lot of the time in Germany, if people say they speak a little bit of English, it means they speak English better than you. So that's true. That's very true. And and Um, the thing is, Google Translate isn't always there to have your back, you know? Oh, uh, there's some funny stories that happen with Google Translate. (laughs) Oh, Google Translate. But a funny thing, I only Mm. learned recently that there are some supermarkets here where people get paid. Like, okay, so the amount they get paid depends on how many items they they sell, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. Something mm-hmm. like this. Okay, I'm not 100% sure my wording is the right way. But mm-hmm. anyway, the effect of that is that when I first got to Germany, I was so used to South Africa, Zimbabwe, where there's somebody who bags your groceries. But here, <laughs> I went to this supermarket and this lady is just ping, 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 ping. And every and no and nobody was there to bag my groceries, so I'm there I trying see. to take everything that I'm and bagging it for myself. And then um, she was done already before I even finished. And then she told me the amount, and it's in German. And it's like I have no idea. She had to oh, show me the, the numbers. Pull and out the calculator. Oh my word! <laughs> oh my word! So shopping for me was like a sport, honestly. But now I've got it down because I know exactly how to plan when I go to these types of supermarkets. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's like here in Canada. Um, I uh, see everywhere, like in Africa, where I've lived, you know, and in South Africa, right? Uh, when you go to a petrol station, right? They, mm-hmm. they pump mm-hmm. your gas for you. Eish! When I came here, I sat in my car waiting. Yay! Then I'm like, well, this is self-serve. Oh my goodness gracious. And I sat there like confidently for like, you know, 20 seconds is a long time to sit doing nothing. And then I kind of get that humble, get outside, open the gas tank, do it myself, which is fine. But uh, yeah, different cultures, oh, you know. So in Mumbai, it just sits about planning and organizing well. And I think that is something that is, Germans are known for to be very organized. Um, Yeah, do you think there's more gifts that the German people carry that that the rest of the world can really appreciate and that's needed, that we need to embrace them for that, for sure? Yeah, for sure. I think, okay, it can be seen as a negative, but I have experienced it to be a positive. Having grown up in Zimbabwe, for example, Um, somebody with an older person tells you you can wash the dishes if you like or can you wash the dishes if you like like they add this if you like it's as if you uh-huh. have a choice but you don't actually have a choice <laughs> whereas in Germany it's exactly that wash the dishes and you know exactly what it is that you're supposed to do yeah so um there's no Okay, are they asking me to do it? No do beating around the bush. Yeah. You, there's no bit, there's no beating about the bush. Yeah, exactly. And I love that because then it's very clear. I know exactly if, okay, that in a certain situation, somebody told me, I don't like you. And I was like, okay, I really appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I mean, ouch, it hurts, but I appreciate the honesty because I don't have to um, mm. make any efforts to try and convince you. Like, if you don't that's like me, so that's true. fine. I can, yeah, I'll just be friends with other people, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's brutal. 
but I appreciate that it's clear. You know what you're expecting. Yeah. I also yeah. ex- uh, appreciate the time um, mm. orientedness. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have a meeting at eight, it's starting at eight. It's not a oh, suggested yeah. time. Like you can start arriving at eight or <laughs> this and that. And I think oh, living yeah. in Germany, you realize that time is very important because people are at work. And so if... Mm somebody is working and then you don't really plan well then it could be that you miss time with them because you haven't you if you plan that you're going to meet somebody and then you come later it's possible that they have other plans later mm. and mm-hmm. it just feels in like in germany there isn't there aren't that many hours because <laughs> <laughs> you spend most of them at work so okay i I appreciate that. Like, okay, you know for sure that if you plan something, you're going to meet the person and you're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just empty promises, you know. So I like that. Nomsa, I want to ask you the opposite. So what do you feel? What is the gifts that you carry, that you bring from being African that really blesses the people of Germany? Ah, okay. I like the question. Um, (laughs) Nice. I would say... For me personally, I think this warmth um, is something that I have realized that when I come into a room, I um, I carry this warmth and this um, this openness. I think I think this is a, a crazy um, thing that I never thought that I would get to as a person, but um, whenever. I invite people by me at home. I always make sure that they um, get a taste of my my home food. Um, and I think um, in the beginning, I was like, no, but what if they find it weird? And what if this and that? But I think as something that I got to learn is that actually South Africans are not like that. They are not shy when it comes to serving people what they yes. what they have um like for instance when someone comes they always would have a braai or they would make sure that someone gets a taste of pop and flays you know so mm-hmm. for me that is something that i had to learn because i was always like no but what if they don't like the spices what if they don't like the consistency of pop mm-hmm. but i think um but i think that's something that i um slowly but surely overcame and also one of the other things is that I, I think one, one thing that I definitely, definitely carry for my people is, um, I don't know how to say it, is love regardless. Mm-hmm. Because w- w- one thing that I've, I've learned is that people don't always express how they feel, but um, just being able to read not even to read, but just being able to pick up the spirit in the room. Um, and maybe it's not so much of a thing that everyone has, but a gift that I really, really appreciate from, from God is that I, I've been allowing myself to listen and pick up the, 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 the atmosphere in the room and listen to people. Um, and and I think that is so beautiful because it has changed so many situations and it has um, enlightened so many things within the room. So mm-hmm. yeah, but 
most definitely this hospitality. I love it. Mm. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love That's it. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my word, <laughs> Nobsa, you should continue to do this because you have no idea mm. how much that really touches people's hearts. Um, that's that's mm. really amazing. I think you should just continue. Yeah. We're coming to the end of this episode, but I want to ask, how, how would you like to encourage or help other young people who's coming from Africa to Europe? How can you encourage them? I, I would say one thing that I personally struggled with in the beginning was to always think that I'm, I'm not worth being where I am. And I think that's a lie that the enemy, first of all, and maybe to an extent society has told us because only certain people got to make it out of um, their circumstances. And I think one thing that each and everyone should get to or to a point that they should get to is actually believing that we are worth, you as a person, you are worth developing yourself and you are worth experiencing God's favor and that nothing that we do and nothing that we are is from our own strength. So mm. whatever that it is, we should be able to receive it as children of God and that he, he wants it for us. And um, because every time things used to happen for me, I would be like, oh no. Um, and I, I think the craziest part, I would always imagine someone different in in my situation and in what I'm experiencing because I was like oh this person would fit better in doing this but no it's me and I think um just knowing your worth and getting to I think we will never get to understand God's love but just being able to open our hearts to that which which he has for us and it's so much more than what we can imagine and i think just being mm -hmm. able to receive and walking in that and not have this mentality of an orphan spirit and an orphan um, behavior because i think living in this mm -hmm. orphan spirit takes away so much from you as a person you are worth it as a person you are worth it yeah. because of god not because of anyone and not because yes. of you yeah. but because of god actually i'd like to echo what what nomsa said like okay this uh from sim from the lion king <laughs> these words keep coming back to me like remember who you are <laughs> oh come on that one hits deep um, right there that hits deep. <laughs> that's that's, that's really what i would say because yeah it's quite easy to stop believing the lies that you're less than and you're not that important or yeah we are doesn't matter etc and i think in germany in general okay this is going to sound trivial but um in germany i feel like not a lot of people dress up um for example if you're going to church when I look at African churches, mm. like people are, yeah. oh my word, like, whoa, <laughs> people dress <laughs> up. And here, if you would dress like that, it's like, what? Like, what is happening? Is it your wedding or <laughs> what is it? And so I feel like, okay. Um, 
and I've seen so many videos as well, like where people are like um, first month in Germany and they're like dressing up really well and all that stuff. And then six months in Germany, and they're looking so frumpy and ugly and whatever. And yeah. I think just remember who you are because uh, Africans or like people of color or people from other places, we've got so much flavor that we can bring here. There's so much yes. color. There's so much joy, brightness, you know, like, yeah. Come on. So remember who you are and just continue being that which you are because um, yeah. it's important. The people here need it. And you can yes. also learn, like, from this exchange. Um, Definitely. Yeah, but continue to be what you've always known you are, you know? Um, yes. Also in difficult situations, like when you experience um, racism or, um, yeah, somebody swears at you for some reason, whatever it may be, just remember who you are because that at the end of the day is what matters um yeah somebody else's opinion about you cannot define you it will not define you because god is the one who yeah. created you and he's the only one who can speak into your identity so yeah remember who you are you know it's it's one of those things we'll never know how much we are an encouragement to those around us and it's not that we do things for the approval of others um but as we've done this podcast series, you know, we've heard here and there the testimonies that have challenged and encouraged. And I just want to say, I, without a doubt, it's no mistake how, how crazy it was trying to get today to work out and with all of the technical difficulties and everything, but that what you ladies have shared has been like true, pure gold. And like Luis said it earlier, I honestly commend you both for just being such strong, strong young African women who are um, incorporating their lives, your lives into Europe. And really am so encouraged by your stories. I None of us have arrived or made it, but I want you to know I have learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I came into this uh, in this hour with a teachable heart and I'm glad I did because Nomsa and Bimbai, um, you have you have taught me a lot. And I my hope and prayer is that whoever would be listening, that they would hold on to the truths of what you've shared. And you know, you you two women have set such a standard and I would want to continue to say to you uh, keep on speaking. You know, Vimbai, I know you said it to Gnomes, I'll keep sharing, but I'll, I I also say that to you, Vimbai. Like, you ladies have such richness in you. And so uh, whether we have you back on the podcast again, which would be awesome, but I know that there is so much more of your story uh, that will continue to encourage so many, so many. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I felt tears coming as we were speaking, <laughs> just because again, there was just such gold that was being shared. And I wanna thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for just being transparent. Uh, Luis, thank you for taking that stance and asking for forgiveness and apologizing as well. We just leave the rest of this into God's hands that God would let this message go out to the hearts that need to hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, so once again, yeah, thank you, thank you. 
Thank you. Um, buy a donkey. Uh, buy a donkey. Buy a donkey. Um, 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 and a horse. No. no, donkey shin. Donkey shin. Sorry. sorry. Speaking Norwegian there. <laughs> donkey shin. lot happened in this conversation please write a review on the apple podcast platform and share this conversation with someone you know who might be going through similar challenges